0: We are still in our series called Who Am I with an episode that I am calling You Matter. Hey, it's Amber, wife, mother, type A, child of God. Here are little things we look at everyday issues from a biblical perspective with one simple goal, to know and love God more. Thanks for listening. Now, I don't know about you, but I think it's easy to feel forgotten sometimes, like you are such a small piece of a very large world, and anything you do feels very insignificant. Or you see other people doing just phenomenal, wonderful, incredible things, either in God's kingdom or just with their family or with their work life, and you think, um, yeah, I haven't done much of anything or I barely have the money to pay my bills, let alone go on a vacation or I'm um, so glad that their children are so high achieving. Mine can barely make it out of bed to go to school. <laughs> and sometimes it can just feel like you don't matter at all. And I just want today's episode to really make sure that you understand that's just a lie straight from the mouth of Satan. It can be your sinful nature making you feel like, nope, nope, you really don't matter at all. But it is definitely and for sure not from God. So how do I know that? Well, I'm going to give you three reasons that I know that you matter to God. So reason number one is because God is watching you all the time. Not just some of the time, but all of the time. So Psalm 139 says, You have searched me, O Lord, and know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue... You, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in, behind, and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. That doesn't sound like someone that doesn't matter. That doesn't sound like someone who is insignificant. Especially, I think, when we realize that God spends so much time watching after us. I wouldn't spend my days on things that didn't matter, and I don't think God does either. The fact that it doesn't matter if you're in bed or if you're walking or if you're ascending or you're descending, God still has his eyes always on you. I think that's significant, and it should really make you understand how much he loves you. If he didn't love you, he wouldn't care. But because he loves you, he continually watches you. So that means you matter. And especially that part that you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my, in my mother's womb. My dear friend Rhoda has really made me understand the significance of that. Just understanding that it's not like something that just happens. It's not like drawing a really crappy picture of something and saying, all good. If you're knitting, you're putting time and you want it to be precise And just write. Because if you don't, then it's going to look all crazy. God knit us together. He cared about us. He put us together. And he gifted us in in certain ways, which leads us right into the next thing, which is God created you with purpose. That's how I know that you matter. Ephesians 2.10 says, for you are God's workmanship or handiwork, your Bible might say, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You're not a mistake. There's no part of you that is a mistake. If you are here on this world, on this earth right now, if you are breathing, if you are listening to this podcast, you are here for purpose. God created you with specific good works in mind that he has for you to do. So before you were even born, he gave you all the gifts, the spiritual gifts, all the talents, all the abilities, everything you would need in order to do the work that he had for you to do. Now you might be saying, um, yeah, I don't know what my gifts are. You tell me that I'm gifted, but, um, certainly can't speak in front of people, I can't teach, I'm not a good leader, I'm not an administrator. So, I'm not sure where that puts me. Are you an encourager? I have a friend just this morning, I have a friend who texts me and gives me the most wonderful encouragement and she is just gifted. Every time I get a text from her, I just thank the Lord for her in my life. I have more than one friend like that, by the way. Are you able to do hospitality? I am so not a hospitality person. Like, if you want to come over to my house, feel free. It's just that I am not super great at cooking or baking, and I am not super gifted in terms of decorating a house or even keeping a house or making my house look delightful and wonderful and what have you, so... I mean, it's just, it's not my gift. I do it because I think it's important and I want people to feel welcome and I want to be able to have conversations with them to support them and for us to talk about the word of God and for us to mutually encourage each other. But I'm not super good at it, but maybe you are. Maybe you're the type of person who loves to plan Dinners or events, or have Bible studies at your house, or what have you. Hospitality is a gift. Serving is a gift. Showing mercy is a gift. If you are empathetic, if you're someone that notices somebody else and what they're going through, and you stop to encourage them and ask if they're okay, that's a gift. Being generous is a gift. If you have the capacity to make a lot of money, And you give money, not just to the church and not to other ministries, not just to other ministries. Those are super important. But when you see people, when you have a family member who's going through something and you have the ability to write the check out and just help ease their burden, that's huge. That's a gift. That's a spiritual gift. So if you're wondering, "Ah, you know, I just don't know what my gift is. I feel like Maybe I don't have one I've just been forgotten. That's not true. That's not true at all. I would definitely advise getting a copy of Dr. Bruce Becker's book Gifted for More. It not only goes through and describes all the gifts, and when I was reading it, I was thinking of all my friends as I was going through each thing. I was like, oh, she's a phenomenal encourager, and she excels at hospitality, and this person is generous beyond measure. How many times haven't I just gotten a I, I check? For something randomly because she just she's just gifted that way. Um, so not only tells you, explains the gifts and, and what they are, but then there's a, a little quiz that you can take at the back of the book. It's a spiritual gift inventory where you can see what you're good at and then you tally up your answers and you find out what your spiritual gifts are. Then you know how to use those gifts. The point being that You were designed for purpose and you matter because of that. God specifically put you on earth at this time. So you were not born in the 1500s, back when Bibles were hard to find, when life was totally different, no cars, all horseback or donkey or what have you. Um, you You weren't put in that era. You were put here today with the specific gifts that you needed to have to do the purposes that God had for you to do. Now, sometimes you get to a point in life when you're not able to do anything anymore. The very first client that I took care of as an elderly companion was a retired pastor. And he had Alzheimer's and he had difficulty swallowing. So our job was to really help him eat to feed him, which took a long time. It took over an hour, hour to hour and a half, every single meal. It was just bite by bite as he chewed, 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 swallowed. Um, And then we read the Bible to him. We prayed with him. We sometimes sang songs with him, what have you. But I remember at that point, his daughter explaining to me that even though he could no longer serve the the Lord in the capacity that he once did, he was a pastor. He did phenomenal things. He helped so many people get to know Jesus and he brought people to Jesus. He was active in his community. She said, you know, he's still serving the Lord by providing jobs for God's people. And I thought that was a really neat way to look at it that even though his time of being productive was over, it didn't mean that he didn't have a role and a purpose on earth. And I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt, he changed my life significantly. Not just because it really started me on a path of helping elderly people. That was in 2014 that I started doing that. So I'm nine years, almost 10 years in now already. But we developed a beautiful relationship and he taught me, he smiled more than anybody that I knew. So he had lost his capacity to talk. If you can imagine a pastor who has spent his entire life speaking, no longer being able to talk. And as someone who loves to talk, I always always say, good thing I talk for both of us. But he still smiled so much. He smiled all the time and he won the favor of everybody because he smiled. And that is when I really learned to communicate with smiles. I also learned one of the things that his daughter taught me when I started taking care of him is that it was so important because people with Alzheimer's tend to mirror the behavior and the attitude and the, the disposition of the people who are with them. So she said, you know, I don't care if you're having a bad day. Just make sure when you walk in the door, you're happy. Until you leave, I'm paying you to be happy and to be bright and cheerful for him because this is his life and he doesn't need to deal with whatever it is that you are dealing with. That has been so useful. Just learning to do that has been one of the most useful tools that I've used throughout my entire life. So I still to this day... When I walk into the nursing home and I have a job to do, it doesn't matter what I've just been through. I am there to serve these people and I want to do it joyfully. And I've been able to do that with all different aspects of my life. Whatever it is that I'm I'm I need to be doing, whether it's doing a podcast or speaking to a group or doing something else at the church or helping a, a neighbor or whatever, I've really learned to not let my emotions control my attitude. And that was a huge, wonderful lesson to learn. So this I learned, these things I learned to be cheerful and to control my emotions for a man who could no longer talk. And that some people would say had no purpose yet on earth. And yet he changed me profoundly. I still remember the night before he died. I went to see him and his daughter was just getting ready to brush his teeth. And she had him in his wheelchair and I came up behind him and I put my hand on his shoulder and he reached up to grab my hand and squeeze it. And he was still able to show love and affection, even though he couldn't speak and We communicated so much through our eyes and, you know, through our smiles. And it was a beautiful, beautiful lesson. So even if you think that you have nothing else to offer, who can you smile at? Who can you pray for? Who can you talk to? Who can you uh, write a letter to or send a text to or call and cheer them up and make their day and Maybe just give them a little bit of encouragement to keep them going. You are definitely here for purpose. When your purpose is over, God's timing is impeccable. He will take you home. Absolutely, hands down, not a problem. He never shows up late and he never shows up early. He His timing is precise. He knows exactly what he's doing. So if you're still here, It's because you have purpose. Number three, little things matter. If you haven't figured it out yet, (laughs) I sort of am invested in this concept quite a bit. We tend to think that unless we're doing huge things somewhere, unless I'm the CEO of a company, my work doesn't matter. I remember when people used to ask what I did, and I was like, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. And then I realized that's that's ridiculous. You're not just a stay-at-home mom. You are a stay-at-home mom. And that is a beautiful thing. To take care of your children, to take care of your husband, to take care of the house, that is not insignificant. That's huge. And so many times, I used to tell a friend of mine, because she was also a stay-at-home mom, I used to say, stay-at-home moms keep the world spinning. We're the ones who are volunteering at church. We're the ones. Teaching Sunday school. We're also the one taking our elderly neighbors to a doctor's appointment or to a haircut. We're the ones who are doing so many things every day that nobody notices because the people who are working all the time, they just can't. They can't get away to do those things. So be careful of what you say is insignificant. Be careful of thinking that the things that you do, whether it's at church or in your own home, Be careful to think that that's insignificant. When you are sitting down and teaching your children to pray, when you are reading the Bible with them and teaching them the things of God, that is not insignificant. That's huge. It's certainly not insignificant in God's eyes. And 1 Thessalonians 4 verses 11 to 12 say this, make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. You should mind your own business and work with your hands just as we told you, so your daily life may win the respect of outsiders and so that you will not be de- de- be dependent on anyone. It's not insignificant. Whatever you're doing, if you're the low man on the totem pole, if you're the secretary, if you're the nursing assistant, if you are the whatever, the teacher's aide, that is not insignificant. Your role is valued do your role to the very best of your ability no matter what it is and you will make a difference not only in your life you will make a difference in so many people's lives by the way that you do your job so i think we need to quit thinking that we just don't matter because nobody knows our name and we don't do anything phenomenal or big or significant that's nonsense. Just walking as a Christian through your days, taking care of your family, being there for your brothers and sisters in Christ, being a member of the Christian community, helping out wherever you can, however you can, using your spiritual gifts as you are able to the best of your ability. You know, Pastor Mike had that book, What's Big Start Small, and it was all about the parable of the sower. And I th- that The end of that parable has always stuck in my mind because during that parable, the sower went out and he sowed the seed and some of the seed fell on the path and the birds came and ate it up and it was gone. And some of the seed grew up among the weeds and it couldn't get very far. It was kind of just all struggling to grow. And then some was on the path with the rocks and when hard times came, it just withered. But some seed produced a crop. 30, 60, or 100 times what was sown. I remember reading that and thinking, I mean, I want to produce 100 times what was sown. I don't want my crop to be just a little bit. I want it to be big. And, you know, that's just a matter of using your spiritual gifts in God's kingdom, however you can, wherever you can, and without thinking that it has to be a big deal. It's just a matter of, of serving or talking to people or telling them about Jesus. You know, I have to laugh because I think my husband has done as much to have people listen to me as anybody else has. He's a nurse at, in a hospital. And oftentimes when people are just flipping through channels or don't know what to do, or if they ask, what does your wife do? He's like, oh, she has a podcast. You should look it up. And he, he shows them and it's, it's not a big thing, it's a small thing. And yet it's an important thing because he's pointing people to God. And if that small act brings people to a closer relationship with God, it's not small at all. It's extremely significant. So don't let anybody tell you, you don't matter. And don't let the devil or your sinful nature convince you that you have no worth. That's just crazy talk. That's just nonsense. Because in God's kingdom, we all matter. If we didn't, if if our point, if our time in life was over, if we had nothing else that we were meant to do, God would take us home. So if you're here, you're breathing, you matter. You matter to God. You matter to his people. This has been little things, cuz in God's kingdom, the little things are the big things.